1: Today we're going to continue our discussion about the purpose and utility of what some believe is becoming a lost art for marketers, customer segmentation. Joining us again is Tim Burke, who is the co-founder and CEO at Affinio, which is a marketing strategy platform that helps marketers better connect with people using rich interest and affinity data. Using machine learning, Affinio reveals naturally forming behavioral-based segmentation in any consumer data set. And yesterday, Tim and I discussed how marketers' access to data is changing the utility of customer segmentation. And today we're going to talk about how to turn your data-driven customer segments into actual customers. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Tim Burke, co-founder and CEO at Affinio. Tim, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
2: Great to be back, thanks, Ben.
1: Great to have you back on the show. Yesterday we talked a lot about the difference between creating demographic-based segmentation and behavioral segments and my takeaway from that conversation is There's value in both demographics and behavioral data, but when you're using behavioral data, you're able to create customer segments that are a little bit more actionable and a little bit more targeted, which helps you with personalization of your marketing campaigns. Today, what I want to do is turn the page a little. When you have access to a bunch of data and you're able to create your behavioral and or your demographic-based customer segments. What's the way that you can use those segments when you understand how your user base is broken up to actually drive more customers? What do you do with the segments once you've isolated them?
2: It's a perfect question to ask. And obviously within the framework of that data that's being collected by many of these brands and enterprises globally, For them, it's obviously a massive opportunity for retention. But to your point, more compelling is how do I grow that customer base and how do I continue to grow the business as a result of that? So when it comes to segmentation i think one of the key components to understand and certainly in light of what the power of sort of machine learning and ai can provide marketers at scale now is that beyond sort of creating a list you know or a traditional list for marketing purposes what it's able to surface is the data points or the attributes or the traits that naturally sort of formulated those different segments and i think that's the key in terms of activation and growth for these organizations is it's not only sort of finding the list of people that look similar, but why do they look similar? And what traits are most similar across a given segment? And when you have that type of data, that's where the actionability expanding your customer base, because now you know sort of the watering holes Where these people are gathering, you know what behaviors they take on a regular basis and where to reach them and how to reach them beyond just your existing customer base, right? So it's a matter of exploiting those traits and behaviors that you're able to surface against your existing customer base and leveraging those to basically go identify new customers, which is obviously a major driver for the growth of any organization.
1: So what I'm hearing from you is that by understanding what your segments are gives you an understanding of who the people are that are interested in your products, which allows you to figure out where they hang out, which allows you to then go be present in those places. Can you give me an example of a brand that's used behavioral segmentation to figure out who their customers are and cultivate a new marketing channel?
2: So for many of our customers, they're leveraging things like social interests and social signals and analyzing that at massive scale. So they're able to identify as part of that segmentation, things like media channels that are over-indexing in terms of levels of interest based on a customer segment. So as part of campaign planning, obviously media planning is a major component of that. Not only what content to create, but exactly where to place it and to place it most efficiently so leveraging signals like media interests and what kind of content those individuals are consuming based on the third party data access that you may have or other interest attributes that you're appending to that customer data file that you have that's the power that you have so instead of sort of taking a massive approach in terms of scale and expense of you know a super bowl ad to reach everybody with a given campaign what we're seeing is people starting to nuance their media spend based on where they know they can reach individuals oftentimes to be cheaper channels and cheaper media at the core, Ben, right? So not only is the segmentation and those types of insights being able to provision a more accurate media plan, oftentimes it's a more efficient media plan because you're targeting and putting money against the advertising and media where you know you can reach the customer you want, and you know where they hang out, as a result of which the drives up the efficiencies of those campaigns and creates better content at the core.
1: Right. By being targeted, you're able to streamline your marketing plan. So you're taking the fluff out of your media buying. Can you give me an example of somebody who's done this well and been able to pivot their media buying plan or their channel selection?
2: Yeah. So working with a number of CPGs on our front, oftentimes what we see is they're leveraging their brand and the awareness of their brand on channels like social from which they can extrapolate effectively the interest profiles of their media. So in particular cases, we've seen everything from household consumer product brands, where not only are they building up basically the media, so they're leveraging that for TV placement all the way through to potentially radio placement and even more traditional. It's not always just a digital play that they're leveraging that for, but also heavily slanted towards what I would deem influencer marketing, which is and continues to be a hot market. But the influencers themselves become a format of a media channel. And so What we're seeing is heavy utility of sort of identifying influencers in their existing or emerging audiences for a CPG brand that they know is resonating with the audience and leveraging that as a media channel and an efficient media channel to push messages from a marketing or influencer perspective. So that's being done across the board. Like I said, we see that on a regular basis from both our CPG brands. Another example would be even emerging media and entertainment. So new releases around movies we work a lot with the movie studios and the media and entertainment space what they're looking for is sort of cross affinity of relative to media channels based on their early engagement of things like uh, movie trailers what they can glean from those key traits of the individuals watching those trailers to leverage that for a more efficient media structure and media plan so as to not only uh, what content to create or how to revise that trailer but where to place it for maximum impact prior to their launch date So as we discussed yesterday, relative to sort of scale or size, there's a perfect example of how fast and how dynamic this has become in terms of sort of dynamic segmentation, which is being driven off, like I said, the capability of machine learning AI at the core.
1: Right. You're able to understand who you're targeting. It streamlines your media. You can use those segments to test some messaging to make sure that it's effective. At the end of the day, knowing more about your customers helps you be a better media buyer, helps you with your messaging. I think there's a flip side here where understanding your customer segmentation also can help you with conversion rate optimization. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. are there brands that are taking in signals when somebody gets to their web properties, segmenting them and walking them through a different experience, not necessarily in their marketing plan, but on the digital properties?
2: Totally, I mean, we talk about sort of customized customer journeys, right? Much of the work that we've been talking individuals about is around sort of transforming customer journeys. I would say, customers' journey, on, certainly on site, as you referred to before, eBay being something that you're familiar with. Customer journeys have dominantly been around sort of buyers of a given product and a single journey. What we're starting to see is people start to dabble with. Slightly nuanced or what I would deem personalized customer journeys based on early signals of where those individuals are coming from, what sites are coming through on the referral side of the house, and literally looking at whether they can personalize the customer journey based on a segment. That's early on. I would say it's probably some of the more mature enterprises that are even looking through that lens but definitely is top of mind for many organizations in terms of like you said driving conversions and optimizing that where you and I both know at high volumes with many of these enterprises small changes in conversion rates fractional changes are compelling dollar figures so the value and opportunity in terms of personalizing not only ads and or a single ad campaign for you or I as a customer but customizing my customer journey based on what you know or what segment you know I belong to I think is definitely the future and the opportunity that many people are starting to see.
1: There's a brand that I love, Huckberry. It's a men's apparel brand. And we had their head of growth marketing or digital performance marketing. I'm not exactly sure what Tim's title is. Tim Brown, shout out. And when Tim came on the show, he told us that they did some research to understand that when somebody comes into one of their categories, and for them, their categories were something like everyday carry, shoes, other apparel, and maybe they have some other segments. But when somebody comes in and buys a pair of shoes on their website, their next purchase is likely to also be a pair of shoes. And eventually, they all sort of drive away from their first purchase towards general apparel, Knowing that that behavior happened, I thought it was an interesting insight, and they're able to create their segments of this person bought a pair of shoes, so we're going to continue to market shoes to them. But knowing what the classic shoe buyer looks like, right, when you're able to take your behavioral data, you can then customize your journey. So using Huckberry as an example, even before I buy my first pair of shoes, if they have the data to be able to create the here is what the standard shoe buyer looks like and when i get to their website and they're able to figure out whether i am in that group or not that gives them the ability to then customize the landing page experience and optimize it for the category i'm most likely to convert in is that something that people are actually doing or is the real-time analysis and segmentation something that's still off in the future
2: I'd say that that's definitely in consideration for many organizations right now. And to your point, I love the concept, first of all, and I love the signals that you're reflecting, sort of they're generating. At the core, what I would say from our behavioral segmentation perspective, realistically, it's a really powerful recommendation engine, right? I mean, if you look at the power of what Netflix has been able to do, their growth engine was around making really hyper-tuned recommendations and personalized recommendations to end users based on the behavior of everybody else on their system. So as you indicated, right, I think that type of analysis, A, if organizations, aren't doing it, they absolutely should be because managing and starting to target or manage the customer journey based on what you know is over-indexing relative to those signals of a shoe buyer wants to buy more shoes just helps drive growth and more money. I would say that there's speculation and certainly discussions around like how early can we make that call or how early can we get that signal? Can it be is it possible or is it even feasible to get it before they hit the website? I would say that things that are merging that we're seeing strength in is things like second party data exchanges continue to grow, obviously, with uh, even specifically around sort of third-party challenges at times, as well as GDPR and privacy. But within that framework, you can start to see where those formulas are are becoming present because these second-party data exchanges that we're seeing um, oftentimes are between a brand and a media company. Well, if a brand now can bring together its shoe buyers as a given target or basically a seed group to say, let's look at what their behavior on this media and entertainment site was you can start to speculate that people's consumption patterns off your site for the shoe buyer actually has a certain characteristic, right? So that within the framework of those second-party data exchanges or those campaigns... I wouldn't be surprised to see the growth of that type of opportunity where the customer journey actually changes upon your first arrival over time, as opposed to after you've converted your first item on our website, we start to transform our campaign or strategy with you to something that actually could be transformed on your first entry or first contact with that website.
1: I think to summarize a couple of the topics that we've discussed is there's really two ways in my mind which the behavioral segmentation makes sense and actually helps you improve your conversion rates first off if you understand who is likely to convert on your website you can go find more people and you can streamline your media buying process and your channel selection because you have accurate interesting relevant data right if you know who you're going after you could be more selective and more targeted and cut all the fat out of your media buying and still be just as efficient if if not more. And then on the flip side, when you drive someone to your web properties and you know what their behavior is likely going to be, you can change the landing experience and the customer journey to make sure that you're bringing them the optimal experience. And so to me, whether it's behavioral data, whether it is demographic data, the more that you know about your customers, the more efficient you're going to be in your media buying and the more customized you can be with your advertising and your landing page and customer journey experiences. Tim, any last thoughts on ways that you can use behavioral or even demographic segments to optimize your conversion rates and just generally find more customers?
2: I think at the end of the day, personalizing that experience in any format, whether that be personalized content all the way through to personalized experience, Ben, is going to continue to become the expectation of any customer and consumer in the marketplace. And so for brands, making sure that your customers are happy, giving them an experience that feels personalized is always going to be a growth engine for enterprises at a global scale. So I think lending focus beyond just pure optimization to reflecting on the fact that conversions are also linked to happy customers at the end of the day. And so making sure that you're using those signals for the purpose of personalization becomes a really compelling opportunity for many brands in this digital age.
1: We all like to feel like special little unique snowflakes, even if we're being (laughs) included in large segments. Completely agreed. Tim, really interesting stuff. This is the future of marketing. You know, It's the connection between data and advertising, conversion rate optimization. Appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts with us.
2: Great chat, and again, Ben. Thanks very much.
1: Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Tim Burke, the co-founder and CEO at Affinio for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Tim, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at t one Burke. that's T, the number one, M-B-U-R-K-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is affinio.com, A-F-F-I-N-I-O.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We've got summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter and you can also ask us your marketing questions or send us your topic suggestions. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, We publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back on your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.